Greetings, Seriously Planners. It is January 22nd, 2016. This is episode 25 of the Seriously Planning Audio Story series, and we're talking about our last book club pick, our January book club pick, which is called If the Oceans Were Ink by Carla Power. I love our book club, and I think I've talked about it in other stories about how much this club means to me, how it's been a wonderful way to transition to Toronto when I moved to Toronto, to Joburg now that I'm in Joburg, and... Um, now, it's not so much about the transition necessarily, but it's just about the richness of the conversation that comes up when we have these book club sessions. And this session was no different. Um, we met to discuss this fascinating, interesting book that I liked, some other people didn't like so much, and we talked about our different reactions to the book. So the book is about Carla Power, an American journalist who has been writing about Islam and Muslims for many years, and as a child, would had visited lots of different Muslim countries, because her father would take sabbatical every few years and would go to Iran or would go to Afghanistan or go somewhere else. And so she had a lot of familiarity with Muslims and with Muslim cultures, but always felt um, afterwards when they'd come back from a place that her family was kind of politically oblivious. So they never saw the events in 79 in Iran coming. They never saw um, the events in Afghanistan and the history of Afghanistan unfolding. And, and perhaps because of that, she became a journalist. And uh, the book came about because she realizes that even though she's been writing as a journalist and, and has always tried to tell the story that isn't being told, she's never actually read the Quran from cover to cover. She's read sort of bits and pieces of it that pertain to a lot of media headlines, but she's never read the book cover to cover. And she says the Quran is really, should be a requisite prerequisite for understanding humanity. It's such a important text to millions and millions and millions of people. It shapes ideas, it shapes cultures, it shapes people, it shapes... Um, it's part of, it holds so many people's core beliefs and it's important to have an understanding of the text if you want to understand humanity. So what she decides to do is spend a year reading the Quran. And she says instead of doing it by herself, she has a very good friend whose name is Sheikh Akram Nadwi, who she'd like to read it with. And she asks him then, and miraculously he agrees. And Sheikh Akram is interesting to her because not only is he very learned as an Islamic scholar, but he also comes from a very different background as her. So they've been friends for about two decades, but he grew up in India. He had a traditional Madras education. He now teaches at Oxford. And when she talked to people about him, he has a very unique, he holds a very unique ability to translate different contexts, um, to teach in different contexts, and his scholarship is very strong. I confess before reading this book, I had, I had heard of him, but wasn't very familiar with his work. But this book is a very, very in-depth introduction and discussion of what it is he believes about different topics. So th that's the premise of the book, reading the Quran with this particular sheikh. And because they come from different places, the idea is that hopefully they can have rich conversations. So I was really excited. And when I started the book, I really liked her as a narrator. I found her very open, very humble, very willing to learn, and not really coming to the religion with skepticism or cynicism or dislike, but really with an openness and a desire to understand the faith. And the book starts out with her discussing Surah Al-Fatiha, which is the first chapter of the Quran. It's about seven verses, and it discusses core ideas of the faith. And it's a prayer asking for guidance uh, to God. And, and many people, it's sort of said that the rest of the Qur'an is, is a response to that prayer. 
and they have a lovely conversation. What's neat about the book is that you really feel these people are characters. So it describes the coffee shop they're in, it describes the scones that they're having, it describes the teapot that they're drinking from, or their drink that you know is part of their tea session. And it feels like a memoir, or travel writing, or a novel in some senses. It's not a dry book, to put it another way. And they describe, they go through the the chapters and they go through the verses and then she goes to the library to find other explanations of the verses and to to understand the verses deeply and I thought that was really fascinating and I thought her engagement with the text was really interesting and then I look forward to the rest of the book where I assumed it would go through other verses other chapters of the Quran that are very significant to Muslim belief or perhaps just I, I imagine that the book wouldn't go through from cover to cover then the next ver- chapter and then the next chapter and the next chapter but I assume some highlights would be part of the book. What the book really was, though, instead of being that, really a journey through the Quran, it's more a description of parts of the religion or things about the religion that tend to be brought up as headlines or as contentious parts or that tend to be often discussed. So it was things like um, violence in the faith, things like the role of gender ideas within the religion, the... um, the prophet's marriages within the religion, um, things that some of which are important. Like I think I had, I think about gender in the faith, I, ideas within the faith a fair bit. But some of them arm struggle, not really something that affects my day to day life as a believer, except in sort of the Islamophobia context. And so I don't know if I would say I dislike the book. I might just say, as someone said at the book club, that we are not as believing or Muslims are not necessarily the intended audience of the book because a lot of the book is dispelling um, stereotypes and and misinformation about the religion. At the same time, I feel hesitant to say I'm not the intended audience of the faith because what I really enjoyed about this book, or sorry, not the intended audience of the book because what I really enjoyed about the text were those quiet moments where she discusses really, really small instances that leave you with things to think about if you're both whether you're coming from believing or not believing perspective but aren't about the headlines they're really boring moments but hold a lot of weight so for example she describes visiting the sheikh's family and their home is decorated in a particular way and their home she she can see how the ideas she's reading about in the Quran and, and that he discusses are really reflected in their home. She also sees how um, the ideas of gender that the Sheikh talks about and that she sees described in the religion are reflected in his relationships with his daughters and with his wife and, and that there's a, a way to see how these ideas are translated in a very local context. I those descriptions of family and, and home were really beautiful to read. He, she, he also describes, or she describes a conversation with his second eldest daughter, Samea, who is, has a nine-month-old baby, and the baby's colicky and cries a lot, and she's because of that, she spends a lot of time in her London apartment. And she takes a lot of solace from Surah Rahman, another chapter of the Quran, that talks about the favors of your Lord, the bounties of your Lord, and really has very evocative imagery about the universe, about the, about the earth. And reading that grounds her 
and reminds her that beyond the London apartment, beyond the nine-month-old crying baby, there is a whole universe, and there's, there's vistas beyond. And reading that was so beautiful. And when I posted that on Facebook or shared that with friends or shared that with family, the response I got back was, I know a Samaya like that. I've had that experience. I felt like you were describing something that really resonated with me. So that was very cool. She also describes the Sheikh's response or descriptions of radical gratitude and how in a simple cup of tea, something I thoroughly enjoyed, perhaps that's why this part of the book really resonated with me, but in a simple cup of tea, you actually require the whole universe to make it. You require the sun, you require the moon, you require the leaves, you require a container. The container requires all these things. And just having a simple cup of tea engenders within you a sense of gratitude because it's such a complicated process. The, the entire universe was involved in that. And she describes his gratitude as sort of a muscular gratitude and, and it operates in his life in a very particular way. And then she says when she, after those conversations, when she's at home or on the bus or chopping onions or reading the Quran or listening to the Quran, that sense of gratitude stays with her and changes her, her interior life uh, is one way of putting it. And so that description and that description of gratitude and that open, vulnerable admittance of how these conversations are shaping her internally was so, so beautiful to read, and I really, really appreciated that. There's also things that are a bit more firm or more um, challenging in the text, so that, you know, the Sheikh talks about ideas of gender and the faith, and that it is so important for women to be involved and not suppressed by their families, by their communities, and describes having barriers open barriers to females in your life as basically a live burial and something and harkening back to times before Islam. So that was really interesting as well. What ultimately our critiques of the book were, were um, a reliance or a heavy emphasis on sort of headline type Islam. And the by the end of the book, I was I really could predict what the chapters were going to be about because I thought we haven't covered that sensational topic. We haven't covered that sensational topic. And this book, on the one hand, is really good at, for readers who are hesitant about the faith, who have a lot of questions. This is a very friendly narrator. And then there are probably other books that are more in-depth that give you a wider exposure to different perspectives about these topics that may be a more benefit. So there is So the critique that we had was that this is a book about one particular scholar, his ideas about certain topics, and there is limited exposure in the book to other scholars' perspectives on those same topics. There is some exposure. There is certainly lots of different people quoted, but it is limited. Um, but what we really enjoyed about the book was these quiet moments that are described so beautifully in the novel, or not in the novel, rather in this memoir, I guess, that describe how faith can be so beautiful and what faith can do to the individual's life. And I found that really beautiful to read. So whether I like it or not, I'm not really sure. I think it is a book that will stay with me. It's a book that I thoroughly enjoyed reading uh, in, many, in many ways. And it's a book that I'm very glad that we read together. Next month, we'll be reading another sort of memoir, called On Being Muslim by Farid Asak, a South African scholar and teacher and writer. And we'll be meeting here in Joburg at a cafe called Bread and Butter. Full details on the blog. So that's what we're doing in our club. I'd love to hear if you're part of a book club, what it is you're reading, 
how reading as a group changes your experience of reading and whether you have any suggestions of what we should read in the future. Till next time, take care.